About four years ago, I started the Mescal Project, and that has just been like super amazing because I started it because I have a, a five-year-old son, and I'm of Mexican descent, but I was so disconnected from Mexico. You know, like my family, my, my grandmother spoke Spanish to me, and she wanted me to speak English to her. Spanish sucks. It's still not amazing, but it's definitely gotten better. But I was like, I want my son to speak Spanish. I want him to know Mexico. Like, I think I said it actually in the podcast I did with Miguel, like, you don't know where you're going if you don't know where you've been, you know? And I think that's like so important, especially as minorities. Welcome to the Positive People Possum Living Room. I'm your host, Dom Green, life enthusiast and marketer of Positive People Posse. This episode is brought to you by Positive People Posse 3P Media. We are your digital marketing company. We have a solution for you from large to small. And today's special guest is Steven Torres. Steven, <laughs> thanks for being on. <laughs> thanks, man. Cheers. It's good to, good to be on. Thank you for uh, having me and thank you for uh, reaching out. Hey man, you're you're in proper form too. You know, I think you're on brand. You got the drink in hand. <laughs> I also like the uh, the listening audience cannot see this, but he's got a pretty ironic uh, sweatshirt on that says Times uh, New Roman, and it's actually in Times New Roman. So, <laughs> have you have you heard of this brand before? I have not. I have not. So it's a it's a Parisian brand. It's fairly new. Um, everything is like made like. It, they, they don't have stock like a stock stuff like they order they make it, it to order and everything is recycled uh, cotton and their whole idea is like times you roman is like the simplest chicest you know font because that's so, awesome yeah so like repurposing yeah yeah reducing yeah. reusing i'm all about all that definitely, definitely so tell our listening and viewing audience what you do you know, it's funny you say that while well, you're asking and like, you know, I think um, I I do a lot of things. Um, before, um, up until about eight years ago, I, I had always worked in restaurants. And then I think it was like roughly eight, nine, ten years ago, I was just like, I don't know if I want to own a restaurant because that's usually, you know, like food and beverage, that's their path, right? Like you're like, okay. I work in these amazing restaurants so that I could eventually open my own restaurant, you know? And I just wasn't sure about like that, if that was gonna be my path. So I was like, I started doing events and like conferences and that really like picked up steam. And then about four years ago, I started the Mescal Project. And that has just been like super amazing because I started it because I, I have a five-year-old son and I'm of Mexican descent, but I was so disconnected from Mexico. You know, like my family, my, my grandmother spoke Spanish to me and she wanted me to speak English to her. So like, I wasn't like, my, my Spanish sucks. It's still not amazing, but it's definitely gotten better. But I was like, I want my son to speak Spanish. I want him to know Mexico. Like it's, I think I said it actually in the podcast I did with Miguel, like you don't know where you're going if you don't know where you've been. You know, and I think that's like so important, especially as minorities, you know, like yeah. as, as people who have been marginalized for a really long time to not be connected to your roots, I think is. Wait, can we swear on here? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. We keep it positive. Yeah, 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 for sure. But I think that's it's fucked up, you know, like yeah. it's not. And I 
over the last five, six, seven, eight years, I've been able to curate like a life that that I'm proud of, that I'm excited to like be contributing to the world, to be taking care of my son. Like I said earlier, like, you know, I've been married a couple of days ago, it was my one year anniversary. My wife's a doctor. Like she's an amazing, badass woman. Man, she sounds like she's out of your league, man. <laughs> oh, totally, totally. <laughs> no offense, no offense. No, completely. No, you're. But that's I, what I, you're supposed to do, right? Right, right. I mean, you want you want um, someone to be. I, I always say like, she makes me want to be better. You know, and like, if if you don't think that you're, the person you're with is better than you, or you know, or you're not like trying to be, you know. Like so I'm not I'm trying, I'm trying to level to, I'm, up, dude. You right, I'm just gonna say, up. yeah, I'm just <laughs> trying. I'm trying to get on her level now. For um, sure. But uh, yeah, so that and then the podcast, we uh, you know we just started it. We just launched the, the day before the election. Um, I have like spent my whole life connecting people, so this year has been extremely difficult because I I lo- I don't I didn't have that connection with people. Yeah, man. So I like, totally. Okay. Yeah. I totally agree to understand that path, too, because it sounds like, first of all, you know, going back to your first statement about, you know, um, your identity, um, you know, your culture, your upbringing. Um, when I did listen to your podcast, and that's how we're connected audiences, I was listening to a podcast and I just, you know, I felt like Stephen was a person who was willing to be open and uh, having these conversations. And for our listening audience, you know, uh, coming uh, talking to another minority uh, entrepreneur, a businessman, um, I just see uh, a lot of similarities uh, of what you you've described uh, about your past. And uh, one thing being like, yeah, being not being connected to um, you know your 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 ancestry really. Right. You're trying right. to find a way, trying to find a place, and this is uh, this brand, this mezcal brand is is that is uh, your your way to kind of be of service to um, your heritage and, totally. Totally. and a lot of, a lot of identity and heritage for not only just, uh, persons of color, but just the identity of being an American. Right. I, I feel like a lot of people have lost heritage, you know, uh, sure. when we, when we break down the whole concept of like, what is really white well, yeah. you know, or, or what is really black or what, right. whatever it could be. There's so many different shades of black. There's so many different origins of, of um, the sense of African or uh, Span, uh, Spanish, Spaniards, Hispanic, right. Right. Um, Puerto Rican. Hispanic, uh, like all that, yeah. There's yeah, yeah. so totally. many different totally. things. And, and totally. so um, to pass, you know, generational uh, knowledge down from, you know, just – ancestor or um, just coming from a person who has you know um, a lot more of that storytelling aspect coming from your your grandmother or whoever it may be you know a lot of things get lost and yeah. so yeah I mean I, I felt I felt like that was a, a topic that I've never really thought about you know you guys having that conversation and uh, for you to actually have that within this brand you know like right I was very intrigued uh, to talk to you. Well, the, uh, the, the, uh, the thing that, like, I mean, the most important people, like the history of my life, right? Like, obviously, my wife, my son, my two grandparents. I've never met my father. So, like, my, my, my mother's parents 
were from Mexico. Well, my grandmother was from Mexico. Like my grandfather was like a, a great man, but he was like, he was like, he was so proud to be American. Like he was so proud and he like really instilled that. I mean, it was like, you know, like we worked so hard to get here to do this, to be able for, to give you these opportunities, like be proud to be an American, which is true, you know, and now, you know, now that we're, you know, it's a new day in America, it's okay to feel a little bit better now, but obviously there's a lot more work to be done. Um, but like in that, like nowhere did he ever say, be proud to be Mexican, you yeah. know? and I think that, I don't know, like, I really was just able to rec recently, like over the last like five or six years, really to understand that and be like, okay, like, because he'd always say he would, because, you know, like when people say, oh, he's like African-American, he's Mexican-American, like he'd always be like, no, you're American-Mexican. Like, that's what he would say to me. And that's, again, it's great. It's great to be, you know, to be proud of where you're from and order this. But like, you don't know who you are. Like, I don't lose your identities. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, he, again, he was a good man. He, or he I loved him to death. But um, I think the messaging on that was a little not not good for me. You yeah. know. You know, ultimately, you know, in whatever climate we're in, no matter if we're in climate of turmoil or whatever it may be, um, you know when people say that they don't see color or whatever, you know, I, I, I want to challenge that even more so these days and say, no, see color, you right. know, see, see the difference of like what makes America, what, what truly in the context of making America great is the, the context that everyone is different. Everyone brings something to the table. You know, um, if Thanksgiving, you know, were, you know, such a real positive thing, right. you know, we, we would have every single food out there and have a feast where everyone's contributing, not just the, the cranberry sauce right. that I hate, right. <laughs> or the right, stuffing, right. or right. dressing, whatever. I hate dressing, you right. know. I, I, love, I love tacos. Like, uh, we actually did a taco talk series for, for a while. And, um, you know, it, but like, I feel like my identity internally is I love Hispanic food, if anything. Right. Like that's, right. you know, so I, I love different aspects of culture, you know, that when people bring that color to the table, it's not just like you're, you're not trying to act like you're trying to fit into society, you know, like, right. You know, I feel like we've, I can agree with you on that. Like I've been down that path where I felt like I had to fit in and almost, um, you know, act, be more of the white kid, you know, to be accepted right. Right. or whatever. And uh, well, that's, a, that's the thing, that too, right? Like, that, like, you don't know my experience as a Hispanic male. I don't know a black woman's experience. Like, I... So many different experiences. You, you have to see, I mean, what is in front of you and what, you know, like, yes, it's an individual case-by-case -case basis and stuff, but I know for sure that the experience and even the racism that I've experienced in my life is different than what a black woman, what a black man has experienced, what a, what a woman or any woman, you know, has experienced. Like, it's just, it's so different. And I think that's the part of like, what I love to do is just to like, talk to people and hear their stories, you know, like hear again, like you said, but very, I mean, very much with what you're saying, like, just like hear who you used to be, 
who you think you are now, who you're trying to be, you know, because we all have a past. We all have, hit, you know, we've all done crazy shit. But like, you know, are you trying to get better every day? Right. 100 percent. Like, I think that's that's the most important thing. And, you know, and that's that's a, a big part of this podcast is really understanding that, you know, like all these entrepreneurs have these stories and, you know, it, it's really amazing just to like, just to hear just a glimpse of what you went through growing up in order to kind of parallel that with being an entrepreneur and being resilient and, you know, really having that story and bring that story into what is now your business. Yeah. You know, it, it's, it's all one in the same. It's not, there is no divide when you're an entrepreneur. Like you don't really divide up your time from nine to five, you know, like right. you're constantly thinking. And uh, it sounds like you're also trying to think for your son's future as well. You know, it's not just like, Hey, I'm building this because I have the ego to say that I'm the best at this. It's, it's like you're, you're building something to hand down generally, gener generationally. I mean, I, I, it's funny, like, I know we said we weren't going to talk about this, but I'm just going to say it because it's, it's relevant. Like, I am going through a custody dispute right now with my son's mother. And we had a custody evaluator. And she's like, what, what's your work schedule? And I was very honest. I was like, I'm tw like 24-7. Like, if I get an email at 3 o'clock in the morning from Mexico about, like, production not being good or something... I'm gonna answer that email. Like I'm gonna, like I, like it. I am the engine. Like n no one else is going to be pushed this like me. So if I'm honest with you, I am available anytime. And I think they use that against me. Like to be, you know, like it's just like you have no idea what it is to be like a minority in in America, like trying to push, trying to do cool shit to try and make money for your family. And then COVID, <laughs> and like, just like, it's, I, 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 I don't know. Like, the, yeah, the, it, it, it can be hard to describe uh, right. to an outsider. And, you know, a lot of our listeners are entrepreneurs or have aspirations to be entrepreneurs. And, um, you know, us being a marketing company, we, I say that often because, like, I realize that there's a relationship that needs to be built and understanding someone's vision is really important knowing that you don't want this just to be another thing that sits on the shelf you know there's right. actually no, has right. a story you know right there, there are people connected to it and so you have to do you are that engine and you have to be that brand builder in right words who else is it going to come from right, right. And it's like I, I like I, so there's a restaurant in new orleans uh called turkey and the wolf it's a really great restaurant. The, the owner is a friend of mine and he is like the king of merch and he is like the king of Instagram. Like he's, you know, and he just like, he says ridiculous shit. And I said to him and I like, I don't, I actually still to this day don't know if he thought he like took it as a, like a, a diss, but it was actually a compliment. And I was like, if you don't believe your own bullshit, no one else is going to either. Oh yeah. And like, it's like, it's the whole thing, right? Like you have to believe in yourself. You, you are the engine. You are the person who's going to power this. If you don't believe in yourself and what, what you're trying to sell or do, like no one else is going to, you know? And like with, I mean, with the Mescal, I think, you know, I think humans in general, I mean, you know, everyone has ideas, you know, it's a whole thing about executing and financing and all this stuff like that. But like, 
I think most humans probably have three or four good ideas in their life that is going to make them money, right? And I was like, this is one of those three or four ideas. Like, I'm going to get that money. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, I, I have, like, this, I'm not giving up on this. Like, I have to keep going, you know? Gosh, you know, it just, it just really reminds me of, like, those ideas that I had that I'd never capitalized on, you know? And it's like, hey, I should have done this. Or, man, you remember when that, I had that idea? And then that idea goes, goes nowhere and then someone else has it. You know, I feel like there's this idea exchange that happens where it is your time, you know, at some point in time to do something more efficient or better. And you're going to be the first to do something, but that idea is already out there. Right. Someone else has already thought about it at a certain angle, but who's going to strike and how are they going to put their own spin on it? Right. Yeah. I mean, I was, me and my wife were talking, or, I, I was I've having a conversation with someone recently and like I can't remember it was in a movie or something like a business movie and it was like if you're not first you have to be the best and if you, you know like you have like there has to be some the, the, the angle has to be that either you're the first to the market or you're the best example of that product like that's it there's no other option it's it's not you know let's be average <laughs> right. right. You know, why enter the market and say, hey, you know, our mezcal, it's average. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, between you and I, like I uh, and I won't say the names, but there was a mezcal company run by some white folks. <laughs> and it's fine. You know, it's great. But uh, I started asking them questions about like what they like, where, who are their producers who were have you ever been to Oaxaca? No, no, no. And I was like, my buddy who has like become a really good ally who has um, shameless plug, uh, Nuestro, he has his brands called, um, well, he had Nuestro Soledad and El Jogorio. He recently left that and he has, his new brand is called Dish Bay. But I'll never forget like the first, the first day I met him because he was just like, you know, I think like he's so used to, Americans or other people coming down and starting mezcal brands and not giving a fuck about the people of Oaxaca and not giving a fuck about like what like mezcal and Oaxaca and tradition stand for. So he like said straight up to me, he was like, are you going to be one of those people who just takes from Oaxaca? Like, are oh, you man. Gonna, like, are you going to be? And I was like, no, man. Like, I, I mean, I really like, I'm doing this. Yes. I want to make money for sure. That is at the end of the day, let's be honest with each other. Right. Like we all want to make money. But like, I am here because I want to be a part of this community. I want my son to be a part of this community. And we're best, I mean, we're like best friends now. He stays at my house when he does sales trips in New Orleans. I stay at his place in Oaxaca. Like he was like, uh, I guess maybe it was like a month. No, actually, no, it was in March, right before the, the, the lockdown. Mm. He, was, he was like, he was like, you know, I, he's like, I, know, I don't tell you this enough, but like, you're legit. Like you, you did not, you know, you're not just you have to pass the test right right and that takes years you know it's you know it's it's in our nature to be savages if we look at it from an american standpoint you know it's not the game that i like to play myself you know like i don't like the the take you know like that's what happened to the indians you know like right the indians have been have had it far worse than than any 
you know, when you talk about just America, the shape of America, you know, and they get slept on, you know, and uh, the, what they contribute, their contribution to society now, you know, you don't see a lot of representation. Like, it's like, it's like of, casinos, right? Like they casinos, like, like that's like all they have, right? It's so fucked up. Like from the grand scheme of things, there's a lot more that they they can have they can bring right, to the right. table. Oh yeah, right? no, hundred percent. But you know, like from that standpoint, you know, they got shit on. You know, and um, you know, so I think it is the collaboration. You know, that that aspect of like being true to a brand or something that is, um, you know, heritage or whatever it may be. I think it's rather than take. Let's collaborate. Let's try to work together. You know, right. like, you don't have to try to uh, replicate and do something and compete with someone who's like trying to bring culture into their product or whatever it may be. Um, you can you can work with people in a way. You know, like figure right. out a relationship that could be built. There's a relationship that could be built rather than take. Right. Again, yeah. Again, like how you know how you said we you know how you found me through the Miguel who's a friend, former WeWork founder, when I asked him, like, should there be billionaires? You know, like, do there need to be billionaires, really? Like, I don't know. Well, like, I also heard you say, I believe in capitalism. I do, which and I do. Which I do as well. Um, I just, it's, it's hard to figure out where, that, where we draw a line on anything. It's like, <laughs> right. hey, sir, you're maxed. You cannot make any more. <laughs> right. And yeah, the nine hundred ninety nine point nine nine million dollars. Right. I mean, and we, you know, again, we talk about it in the thing, and I'll just say it so, like, your listeners can hear it. Like, should someone, which again, was you know Be Jeff Bezos' wife, like, who donated two billion dollars to social action charities, which again, in itself, is an amazing, beautiful thing. I mean, I'm sure she probably did it for some tax purposes. <laughs> I'm sure that had a little bit to do with it. But then she made it back by Sunday. She made the $2 billion back by Sunday. That is amazing and also so fucked up. Like It's very disparaging, you know, like the, the opportunities. It, I think that, I think it's tougher to say like, okay, I believe that there should be billionaires, but the true aspect of diversity of billionaires, I do not see, you know? I, oh, I, I mean, who, I mean, who is it? It's, it's, <laughs> I mean, can, can, may I have one more drink? <laughs> Thank you. Um, no, and yeah, and it's, it's also, I mean, again, how, I mean, very much how you were saying about representation, right? Like, there are def. I mean, I, I, and please, if you obviously if you disagree with me, I know you'll tell me. But like, there is definitely more black representation as far as like people with money than brown representation. And obviously, there's more brown representation than there's Indian representation. And the problem, or I mean, it's great that people are that people of color are making money for sure. But the whole idea that it's like sports or music, right? Like entertainment, right? Right. Right. It is. And that's 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 not i mean it's again it's great that it's happening but there ha there has to be other avenues right there are, i mean yeah and that's yeah that's one thing that i've talked about in past podcasts is the fact that mentorship needs to be displayed on every level and 
um, you know, it doesn't matter what race or, uh, you know, what my mentor could be, but to some degree, I do need that representation. And so right. uh, we, we have to really like think about, you know, how we can be involved in people's like, like truly give a fuck. Lift about each hitting. other up. Yeah. Lift each yeah. other up, yeah. you know, and, and not make it about one race or whatever. And, and so I think that's where it's really tough is the fact that, you know, people don't really get access to people the same way. And like, I, I've never had access to any, any um, capital raise or, or funding for our business, you know, for my company or anything. Uh, but now it's to that point now that, uh, you know, we've got bigger, broader ideas, right? Right. And it will take that access to that capital in order for it to be fulfilled. And so, yeah, you know, a lot of, a lot of things, not having the access to certain uh, types of capital, uh, it, it hinders you to some degree. If you want to make that tremendous leap and what that looks like to be at the top of billionaires, you won't get there <laughs> unless well, that's the, I mean, that's the thing, you have those right? relationships. I like, well, and by no means do I, or like, we have a lot of money, like we're comfortable. Um, but like, I, you know, I dropped out of college. Like I worked in restaurants my whole life. Like, I don't know what the, well, actually I do know, like, I'll actually, I'll never forget it. I, I, I had never been, I was 20 years old. I had never been outside the United, I had never been out there besides Mexico. I had never been outside the United States. I had never been to Europe. And one of my best friends at the time um, had just inherited a bunch of money and we lived together. We were roommates. And he was like, Hey, we're, we're moving. <laughs> I bought a place. Like you don't have to worry about rent. Like just like really, I mean, just so generous, so generous. And he was like, Hey, like, I want to go to Paris. And I was like, I don't even have a passport. And he was like, well, I just booked you a flight to Paris. It leaves later today. Go figure out the passport shit. And I was like, uh, okay. I mean, I want to go to fucking Paris, so I'm going to figure it out. And of course, being who I am, I figured it out. And I got a passport in like two hours. And I went to Paris and we went to like, three or four three michelin star restaurants and it's like once you it's like i don't know it's like once you taste the good life it's like oh there's no going back (laughs) yeah yeah. it's like i'm gonna do what i can to make this happen for myself so that one day and he was my buddy was like i don't know if it was 10 years older but he was he was significantly older than me and uh i was like i'm gonna do what I can to make this happen for myself so that I can pay it forward and do this for someone. And honestly, now, like I have like my friends, my true friends who like I grew up with, like, I was like, Hey man, like, what are you doing this weekend? And they're like, Oh, you know, nothing, blah, blah, this, that. Like, you want to go to Miami? Like I gotta, I gotta be in Miami. I'll book your flight. You just, we just stay in the same room. Like, like I do that for people now. I do that for my cousins. I do that, you know, like to the ability to take care of people, I think is like one of the most amazing things. And to be able to show people new experiences, new places. I mean, I think that's one of the like greatest gifts, like 
for both parties. That, that aspect of travel is the biggest element that connects people to understanding that the world is bigger than their backyard. Right. Also the, the relationships and the experiences and being able to sit down at a table and share stories and, you know, you know, over food, over, you know, your past life and, and things like our challenges, you know, like being able to find commonality um, through travel and food. Right. And through Which is huge. It, it, yeah. it's, 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 such, it's such a relationship build and bond experience that it, it's, it's something that I crave. <laughs> I miss. <laughs> It's been very challenging to, to really connect with people in a different way. And I, I think this is leading on to a good question. Um, let's, let's think about the world of possibilities. And so let's go back to when the ball dropped on 2020. What were your aspirations for 2020? You were thinking, you were like, oh, man, this is going to be a great year. We're making moves <laughs> with so our funny. brand. <laughs> it's funny you say that because, or you add that, I mean, that's a question. Um, prof, uh, and I can, uh, it's, it'll be a two-part answer. Oh, uh, you've got plenty of time. <laughs> professionally, like, I had literally just signed a deal with a friend's restaurant in Chicago to like basically buy almost the whole first shipment of the mezcal. Wow. So like I went to Mexico late February, early March, me and my son, with my son, cause I was like, I want to take it. You know, I, I mean, he's that kid like Oaxaca, Mexico city. Like he walks on the street and people are like, Archie, my son's name is Archie. They're like, Archie, you're back. Like it's fucking, and that was my goal, right? So professionally it was okay. like we are going to fucking sell this we we basically got the whole first lot sold like we're going to launch with this amazing restaurant and like we're just going to go boom like from here you know like we're going to like fucking just go in so 2019 i was in a trademark dispute for the mezcal in mexico and you cannot export a product in mexico if you do not own the trademark so that took 11 months Wow. So it was like, it was stalled for like 11 months. We got the, we got the clearance in December of 2019. Got the call from my buddy, January, 2020. That they're, they're, they were going to do a Mexico menu. They're, they're, that was going to launch in March. So I was like, it's all, and mind you, like I just got married in November of 2019. So I was like, this is fixing to be the fucking best year of my life. <laughs> Like, like, I'm like, I'm married. I, my wife is fucking badass. Like, we're about to launch this business. I'm a level, I'm gonna get to her level now. <laughs> and then it just fucking all came crashing down. Like me and my son came to my me and my son got back to New Orleans the day it was named a, a global pandemic by the World Health Organization. And then all the custody shit and like business stalled and having a wife on the front line. Like this has easily been the worst year of my life. <laughs> easily. Like, I don't even know how I could go. I, I mean, I am uh, sorry. Like, I mean, people obviously are suffering. People don't have jobs. My friends, restaurants are closing. People have so many people have died, but 
with none of that stuff happening, like this has been the worst. The biggest ever. challenge that yeah. you've ever faced. Yeah. Yeah. So 2020 was like going to be very, I had a lot of hope. Even with fucking Mr. Cheeto in office, like I was just like, fuck him. Like I'm not like, I mean, that just got worse and worse and worse by, you know, by the, by the, by the like day um, in 2015. And then when he was elected and all that, but like, I still had hope. And this year has been like, it's taken me like to some dark places. Cause I like, I mean, I think America just had no hope. Like America had no hope. I didn't have any hope because I was like, I'm going through a custody thing. My business is stalled. My wife is fucking like, my wife could like have COVID at any, any minute. Like, you know, like I can get COVID. I'm, I'm Hispanic. I don't know if I have like, you know, it's, it's overwhelmingly affected black and brown people more than white people. So it was like, what if I get it? Like, what if I fucking die? Like it's so, it's been so rough. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's definitely been a challenge, uh, especially from the media front. Um, you know, we're, especially it seems as, you know, most of us had a lot of fear of stepping outside, um, interacting with people, and then we're sitting there probably consuming way more media than we ever have. I, I know I have. I know I've, I've watched the news more than I ever have my entire life because it's been a pivotal year yeah. and um you know one thing that i i've seen that it just gives me anxiety is you know the fact that we just didn't have a lot of people that were trying to bring us together bring us all together right, right. it was it was seeming like because we're in an election year it's all about further dividing people and figuring out what polarizing side you're on and everyone having their, their their centered beliefs on whether, whether it be their own personal finance, fa financial gains, or, right, right. you know, whether if uh, this thing is real <laughs> or shape shifting and conspiracies and like you, the list keeps on going on and on and on. But, you know, ultimately, you know, we didn't see a lot this year. We didn't see a lot this year about people who are trying to bring people together it was more being like, this side's wrong, <laughs> this, song's, this side's right, <laughs> both sides feeling like they're, they're right. And um, yeah, it, it's, definitely, it's definitely weighed on a person like me who I look at myself as a neutral. You know, I've, I've right. never really looked at myself as uh, favoring either party. Um, but ultimately, what I want to see is, is people to kind of just think more of like, okay, if you are a Democrat or if you are a Republican, you should probably challenge your party even more right, right. now. Well, that's the thing too. I mean, challenge your party because that's where you're going to have the most change. Like you need to work harder at making sure they're doing the shit that they said that they were going to do rather than just allowing them just to act all willy nilly as soon as they get your vote. Well, that's the thing. Like I, you know, one of the questions I asked a lot of people, so we did 10 episodes and one of the people, I mean, and everyone overwhelmingly was like, of the Americans were like, I'm, I'm going to vote for Biden-Harris. And I was like, okay, are you, 
voting for Biden Harris or are you voting against Trump? And almost everyone said, well, I'm voting against Trump. So it's like, I mean, you know, Biden, like, he, I, like, I don't know what you, what your plans are, but when I'm in my late seventies, I want to chill. <laughs> Thank you. I've said the same thing. I've said you know, the same thing. So, so the fact that he did this shit, like, I mean, of course, there's got to be so much ego involved with even thinking about running for president and shit. But like, that shit, I mean, are you a parent? Are you? I am not a parent yet. Okay. Just the sh his kids dying and his wife dying and like the shit that that man has been through. I was like, fuck, man. Like, yeah. like I, I don't necessarily agree with all your policies. I mean, Kamala Harris used to be a cop, basically. So, like, I mean, there, she put people away for weed in California and shit. You my know, dad like, was a cop, too. But. <laughs> no, my best, friend is a, my, best, my best friend is a cop. I, you my know. best friend's a cop. My best friend's black. My best friend's Hispanic. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> We're playing that game. No, I'm joking. <laughs> no, but it's just, it just, I, uh, I, I mean, we could get to this. I'll make a point about that next. But, like, um, I don't know. Like, am I super, super stoked about them? Not really. Yeah. Is, is it better than what we have? I think absolutely. Like, someone and let's say an bring people and, together. If we can, yeah. we can at least say that if we can go a little bit more neutral on the discussions of not trying to rile people up, you know, you know, with context of words, words are powerful, man. They're the most powerful thing. Like, like and know. how I communicate with my clients and my friends and potential prospects would not be any words that would be not neutralizing or, right, right, you right. know, like I want to get to, I genuinely want to get to know people, you know, right. and I couldn't do that by saying F you and it'd be okay to act a certain way. Yeah. Well, just like, you know, as, as, as a, my, I mean, I think dad, you know, dad is the proudest title I have, but my second proudest is doctor's husband. <laughs> <laughs> so, so stealing a line from her, uh, like, it's just like, it's fucking science. Like, believe in science. <laughs> like Science and sociology too. Yeah, yeah it's just like, so the, the fact that we've had the, the last four years of not believing in science, not believing it, just, it's fucked up. Like, I, it's just... Yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a big discussion when it even comes down to people who have science and religion as, you know, they're like, you're either pro-religion or you're, you're pro-science. It's like, um, can't you have both? <laughs> Why can't you have both? And just be like, you, be like, you know what, how about just like, be pro-good person. <laughs> yes, pro-human. Like, be pro-human, moral, ethical person. Yeah. Like, I don't give a fuck what you do, like, do whatever, you know, do whatever you want, but just be... And good and bad is very subjective, but I usually totally. try to think about it as intent, you know? Uh, intention's good, intention of not just thinking about yourself. Right, you know, right, right. right. That, that intent has to come from thinking about someone else other than yourself, you know? Absolutely, 100%. And I think that... the. Trump, Trump had made it very clear 
that all he cares about was his friends and himself and people like Jeffrey Epstein. And, you know, like, I mean, it just, I, it's funny because when he, in 2015, I knew he was going to win because I was like, I, I was trying, and it's funny, I gauged it by like a very weird way, but I think it actually makes sense. Like 2015, I was traveling a lot, Midwest, the South, all these places, and uh, I took a lot of Ubers. So I would always ask every driver, like, you know, who are you going to vote for? And overwhelmingly, 95% were Trump. They're like, he's not a politician. He's not, you know, he's a businessman. He'll get our country, like, straight. So I knew, like, in 2015 when he was elected, like, I was obviously very disappointed, but I wasn't surprised. I knew, and I knew things were going to change in America. I never knew it was going to be like this. I live in New Orleans, and I'll never forget it. Like, I was, the day after the election, I was walking uh, down a very popular street called Tourette Street. I can't remember where I was. I think I was maybe going to lunch or something. And I'll never forget the way this old white man looked at me. Like, it was like, oh, it's on now. You know, like, it, I, I felt it. Like, I felt it. I'll never forget that. I'll never forget how that felt, how, like, that, like, just his look, like, made me feel, you know? And it's like, I mean, I love New Orleans. It's a great city, obviously amazing food, amazing music, which, which obviously are all not possible right now. But, and you know, people say that, you know, it's this liberal bubble and all this. And, and, but like, there's still a lot of fucking racism there. There's a lot of fucking racism. There's a lot, and the, the South in general is just insane. And it's, again, it's systemic racism. Yeah, like, well, like it is. It is normal. Always told you that you could believe a certain way, and you're not wrong for believing a certain way. Then why would you? Why would it be wrong, right? You know, um, I, I I don't know. I don't know if I would be any different if I were uh, a white man who lived in the South. And uh, how do you get, how do you get cultured if you only stay within right right group? You know, and so yeah, that culture is really important. You know, like that's why diversity really matters. Just is so we can introduce people to, you know, different stories, you know, different backgrounds, you know. My son's daycare, I mean, it's a perfect example. And like, I, you know, I tried and wanted him to go to a really good school. And like, after Katrina, New Orleans schools were really fucked up. So they have the charter system, schooling, it's very hard. So you have to send your kid to private school, you know, and it's a lot of money. And I'll never, I mean, well, it's not that big of a deal. But like, I was like, fuck, like, there's like 20 kids in the class. He's Mexican. There's one black kid. Everyone else is white. And it's like, okay, like, obviously, I want my son to have the best education. I want him to, you know, but like, damn, like, what, like, what, like, I just, uh, I don't know, like, I, the way I grew up, I grew up in a very, like, urban area, is to put it, put it kindly, I grew up a little bit outside of Chicago and it's called it's called East Chicago and I actually did not go to school with a white person until 10th grade like it was the, the community was probably 99% African-American and Hispanic so like I just it and I 
I mean, it was a rough neighborhood and it, I don't know if it did more harm than good or whatever, but it definitely taught, you know, like taught me that like um, America, whatever is not white. It's not all white, you know, like yeah. it is. So like, it just, I mean, it definitely, I, I make fun of it. Like I always, cause I'm, I, I think I have good thoughts and I'm a good, I'm like, like I have good, uh, I always ask my wife to like edit my like writing because there's always mistakes. And I was like, Oh, that's that, that's that hood public education, you know, like for real, it was, you know, like when you go to school, when you grow up in that sort of area. And I think that's why I'm so adamant about my son going somewhere really good. You're five steps behind man Mm. from the, from the jump, like from the jump, like I'll never forget. Like when I went to, college i was just like fuck like this like i mean it's just it was rough man you felt you felt like uh people knew things that you didn't it made you feel inferior for a little while 100 percent 100 percent so yeah i grew up in um a town called olathe kansas olathe overland park area of kansas city and suburbs you know my entire life. Right. With the exception that in the summers, I would go and see my father uh, who lived in Philadelphia. Okay. And I would spend my time with my cousins who lived in the urban area. And so I had this, this code switch aspect of me where, Jay Z like trademark that? He, he... I, I don't know. I hope he doesn't dock me for this. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it was it was wild because you know, like I was this kid who was looked at like, oh, you speak white when I was in the urban environment, you know, and then when I was in the black environment, I wasn't. I still wasn't like black enough, you know, like whatever. It it didn't matter where I was. I still didn't feel like I fit in to some degree, but. I always was able to build relationships no matter what. And so I really got the best of both worlds because I was able to relate on every level, you know, being able to see what it's like in a different environment and being able to, you know, connect people in a different way. And so humor is, is one thing, like I've always been a corny dude, you know, and that's yeah, it's like think, so some 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 fresh prince of bel-air shit That's yes it. yes 100 percent. it's kind of funny you say that my father uh my father actually grew up in the same neighborhood as will smith they're around the same age my dad's only he's about three years older than okay him. my grandma and uh the fresh prince's mother yeah 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 they were friends yeah mother it's fu- it's funny you say that it's like one of my friends because you know that whole story is based off of Benny Medina's life. Yes. Right? right? And one of my friends here in LA is friends with the family who took Benny Medina in, in like an upscale LA neighborhood. So like, it's, yeah. yeah, It's like the seven degrees of Kevin Bacon or something. I don't know, but we're talking Will Smith here. (laughs) (laughs) Totally, totally. (laughs) So, yeah, you know, like having that experience, it, it is really important to say that I'm a testament of diversity and inclusion, even within my own race and being able to understand that, like, you know, backgrounds are different. And, you know, like these stories that people having, like, you know, real shit that goes on in their lives, 
where they can't they can't figure out where they're going to eat you know like you know food insecurity huge thing um educational insecurity huge thing and not everyone can just bootstrap you know not everyone has that ability to really just bring uplift themselves up and you know i'm very fortunate that you know uh my mom is well educated my father is well educated me and my father uh have don't have the best relationship matter of fact there's really not a good relationship at all but um you know he's been very successful for himself and um so there are role models even if they're not the most positive in your life but you know ultimately um you know we need more diversity more inclusion and um you know I, I think right now at least we have a little bit of hope that we can possibly get there again how does is it okay if i ask you a question yeah go for it how, how do you think your lack of a relationship with your father has made you navigate in the world man you know one takeaway that i got from your guys um podcast you and miguel um, was the fact that some of the most you guys said something along the line i'm not sure if it was you or him but it was something along the lines of uh the people who've had the most different challenging experiences have made the most interesting people miguel, yeah miguel said that yeah. okay miguel said that and I feel that way about myself. You know, I, I feel like a mad scientist with all the things that I know that uh, my abilities, like the things that I've learned, you know, going through resources and being more scrappy. Um, I think that's what I've learned with the absence of not having that father in my presence, that, that my father in, in my presence. And, you know, just, Dude, and I can relate with you, man. I used to make stories up about my dad about how great he was, but <laughs> isn't that why you know? It's, it's, what it's, like we have this? This is like a, a social sociology experiment. I think I, I could so relate with both of you on that. I'm like, why? Why did I do that? Why did I do that? Uh, I, mean, I mean, obviously, Miguel, I mean Miguel's white, but I mean his name is Miguel, which I think is again we talk about it like just very different to navigate. White with a hall pass, right? <laughs> right, right, yeah, yeah, it's just crazy. But like, I think that you know when I'm able, if I'm ever able to help like the community, like it, like it, like. I'm I'm not gonna say you know I I was gonna I was going to group I was gonna say black and brown men but I don't I don't want to speak for black men like actually you know what I'll just speak for men men just need to get better yeah like we need yes. to get we need to get better at the way we treat people we have to get better at the way we navigate the world we have to get better at the way we like have kids and the way we try and up like bring them up like. We just have to do better because we're, <laughs> I mean, we're fucking up. <laughs> yeah, man. No, you're right. You're, you're right. I, I believe that, you know, it's uh, the fact that my father is the way he is. I know who he is. I think he just uh, lacked the emotional uh, intelligence. And, um, but, you know, ultimately it's, it's kind of made him um, more successful for him himself, right? Um, he's able to be just on his own, 
Do you get more kids or no? Just I don't no, no, just me. I think I'm the only child. I, I haven't seen him in like three years, but you know, um, every aspect about him has made me fucking awesome. You know, yeah. like my ability to love other people, like me being an only child with an exception of my stepsister who is like my sister now. Um, I've been how, able how, to make, how were you when she was born? She, um, we are, we are six years apart. So when my mom remarried, when my mom married, uh, in 96, she, she would have been four. Yeah. She was okay. four at the time. Got it. Got it. Um, but it took, you guys really did grow up together. Dude, like. it took a long time for me to get to that point where I felt like she <coughs> was really my sister. And, um, but the nature of, of who I am, like I've been able to make friends like who they feel like brothers and sisters to me. Yeah. And, and so I revere people to a higher degree, you know, like it's just like, I just, I, I believe it's just, it comes, it's so innate that it came from someone who was very absent of the, the father in my life, who's been to three of my football games. And when he showed up, he was late <laughs> and you know, missing out on all those good parts and being 1,500 miles away. And, you know, it takes a while to, like, think back and relive those experiences and say, like, you know what? That was the best that he could do. I can't really fault him. Right. Um, and I, I know that my mom did the best that she could do. And right. so there's no blame game at all. It's just, like, you are who you are sometimes. And, you know, for the most part, I made it out pretty good. So. Yeah. Um, I think my personality and all these good things, I got some good exceptional qualities from them. Uh, some of the bad qualities, um, I definitely uh, have still looked at myself and say, hey, you need to work on these things. But, you know, ultimately, you know, like, I, I think it's, it was probably the best thing that could have happened. You know, right. and being with if, my mother, it would have been like, been, right, you would have just had a horrible yeah, marriage example. I could have been, yeah, like, been a cold person, you know, yeah. I could have been a cold person. And I'm a warm, loving person. And so, you know, I think I turned out all right, you know. Seems like it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I try. I try. I try. You know, I definitely, uh, I got more tattoos than my mom really wanted me to get. And, um, <laughs> and I, I swear a little bit more than she's ever allowed me to in her household, but ultimately I am who I am, you know, and, right. you know, even our brand, you know, so positive people posse, we're a digital marketing company, but like for us, it's all about relationships. You know, right. I don't have a relationship with you. Um, I don't want you to give me money. Um, and it's, money's not going to feel good when money gets exchanged <laughs> and you don't like someone and you don't feel like they're going at it, you know, like helping you out, you know, right. Um, then it just doesn't, who wins from that, you know? And so relationships are, are being built, but we also understand like everyone's got a story. Everyone's got a past, you know, it's, you know, it's, I think that's what makes these entrepreneurs that listen to us. Right. Um, I, I think they, they keep on listening because they know that they're, their minds are kind of fucked up too, you know, like <laughs> for some reason there's something wrong with you being an entrepreneur. I think it's one of the most crazy things you can be is going into business and not knowing what could happen. I mean, it's, I mean, it's a just, sick you thing. know, I mean, it's, I try and think about like things from like, as a kid, you know, like, I like, what were things that like 
like what we're, what's the word I'm looking for? What were, were there any signs, right? Like that I can pinpoint on like why I, I, like I have to do my own thing. Yeah. Like I have to create, like I can't work for someone else. And I honestly, I mean, this is, and again, this is probably from not having a father figure and not doing this and whatever, you know, but I think the most like, the most like, the, the, the biggest like thing in my mind is that I hate being told what to do. <laughs> I agree. I agree. But, but you like collaborating and you like working oh, with yeah, people, yeah, right? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But as soon as someone has a hierarchy over you, it makes you feel a different way, right? <laughs> like I, I, al I always hated it. Like, I always hated, like, and that's why, like, I've worked at some of the best restaurants in the country, like militant fucking restaurants where, like, people are screaming and yelling at you. And I, I'm just like, I was like militant. Have to be I, like this? Yeah. I, 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 like I was militant too. And I would just be like, like wave them. Like I, you know, it was just, again, like I just, I couldn't, I, I still can't like really wrap my head around like. So from a leadership standpoint, what type of leader are you? Um, do you get flustered and everyone has to fill the wrath of, of what Mr. Torres is going through? Or, or is it more like, you're very direct to the point, like everyone's like a team player to some degree, but they understand. Yeah, you know, um, I mean, we have a very, very, we, I mean, again, I'm right now with given what happened this year with COVID, like it's me and my business partner. And now, uh, now basically my wife as well. Um, so we have not had a chance to build out a team yet. Um, we have a huge list of consultants that we've worked with, the freelancers. I mean, I have managed restaurants before. I never was an angry person. I never was like, do this, this is my way. Like, don't like, you know, I was never about that style of management or leadership or just even really like, like you said, human. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, like I would just, it's just not, it's not my vibe. Like I'm pretty chill. Um, I mean, don't get, I mean, there, there are some situations that I've been in in my life, but those are more like personal stuff where I, I do, I have gotten angry and mad and I, you know, I've been in fights before, like, so like that it's, you know, but work wise, I don't think that, uh, that's my, that's the way I want to yeah. do things, you know? Yeah, man. I totally agree. Um, I've been there, you know, I, I've been, <laughs> In, in the, the, the fighting aspect, it's, uh, it's amazing to even look back, you know, on my life and say, like, I was never really even an angry person, but I did get myself into some fights back in the day, <laughs> you know, <Okay>. and, <laughs> I, like, I don't know what that was. I don't know why, but, um, you know, that subsided and that's no longer, it hasn't been my nature for north of a decade, but, um, yeah. But so it, it's something I said in the in the Miguel interview and, you know, we we're talking about dads and all, or lack thereof, <laughs> um, you know, I'd always be like, you know, I, I went to therapy when I was like in, I can't remember, I was like nine or 10 years old or whatever. And the therapist is like, you know, you're all never going to trust people. 
like you're never because you've never met your father and i was just like what like obviously i think medicine and the way we you know that people you know interact with children is a lot different i hope yeah. who what adult says that to yeah. a like a 10 year old kid nine 10 year old kid the thing for you to remember <laughs> right it's so weird those flashbacks that we have you know i can um, i can literally like if I blink or close my eyes, I can see the couch. I could see her. Like it was such an impactful comment in my life. Like I can see it still. Yeah. And it's just like, why? Uh, what? Like, what good does that do? Telling a fucking preteen kid. When I'm driving down the street, sometimes I, I really think about. I maybe I see a reminder or something about my past. Um, but it's amazing how emotions and thoughts come back. Oh, yeah. Relive being a kid. And you're like, oh, maybe that was a weird experience. That, that wasn't normal. Or, or am I, I the only one who thinks this way? You know, it's. I still remember the first time I lied about my dad. Like, I was in a classmate's car or well a classmate's father's car and he was asking me who my dad was what his name was and there was just like a flood of like heat that went to my body because I was so ashamed and I was so embarrassed and I fucking I so you know I was raised by my mom and by my grandparents and like I, I just said my grandfather's name and I'm sure I mean I, if, I mean, I don't know those people anymore, but like if I, I would love to see what he thought because I'll never forget the look on his face. Like, yes. Like, well, the uh, thing is, probably didn't think much of it, you right. know? And, and a lot of times we, my last guest that I had, um, it was this guy named Paul Long. His episode comes out tomorrow. Listening audience, it's already out. Um, but we talked about like the fact that Sometimes we feel like people know something that you know, but they don't know anything. They only know what they know, right? right. But internally, we deal with these, these, these internal thoughts of not feeling, feeling less than and not good enough. Right, for right. Like and so you want to give it your best <laughs> sometimes, and people don't even know what that really is. But what, whatever you felt like you had to cover up, you know, was you thought it was a standard. You thought everyone was normal. You thought there was, everyone was normal and you're the only one who's not normal, right? Well, that's the thing too, right? Like, again, referencing the Miguel podcast, like going your way, like being a child, and I think it's harder now, but like being a child, it's not easy, right? Like it certainly was not easy for me and like i don't know i mean we I mean, again we talk about it a lot and it's just like having to think that it's okay and that you have to lie just sets a, such a bad precedent in your head and like i'm still like not like i've been unpacking <laughs> i've been unpacking that for a long time and probably will continue to unpack it you know like it, i mean again i i, I do think kids should experience some struggle, some, you know, like if their life is easy, like what do they know? What are they prepared for in this world? Right. But like, fuck man. Like, <laughs> no, I get it, man. I get it. So 
you know, just uh, bringing it all back in. <laughs> we unpacked a lot. <laughs> no, I, I really, I really appreciate um, your authenticity and your transparency. I feel like a lot of people constantly feel like they have to just have this bravado, you know, everything's all right, you know, and positive people, posse living rooms talking about the good, the bad, the ugly and uplifting, you know, it's really important for all of us to know that like, you got to hone in on some of the areas that you've been insecure about. Right. You know, right. and then totally. like, but this has actually got you to that path of like, you know, figuring out what you want to do with your life. Right. And making sure that <laughs> you're, you're not working for someone else. Right. Like, I, I think that's, it's within your nature because of that, you know, right, uh, right. because of insecurity, insecurity has been the mechanism to get you, uh, you know, to this point, you know? So it's like, it's something that you can really appreciate, you know, like, so yeah, I mean, yeah you're, you're, we're all a little fucked up. Right. <laughs> I mean, you're definitely, you're definitely not wrong about that. I mean, insecurity. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I've, I'm convinced that like, especially like after this Trump presidency and just like the way life has happened. Like I'm like so convinced that like 90% of the world's problems start with bad parenting. Yeah. Like I just, I don't know. It's like when you. But, but think about it. Like most parents. Okay. How old are you? I'm not sure how old you are. 35. You and I are the exact same age. I'm turning 35 this month. Oh, um, awesome. Happy so birthday. What date? What date? The 21st. Okay. My son's is the 28th. Okay. So he's got like a, a Thanksgiving birthday. I'm a Scorpio. A Scorpio. Okay. okay yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, the way I, I think about it, every year that I turn another year older, I think about like my mom being at this age or my father being at this age. And I'm like, wow, I really didn't know shit. You know, or... You know, like they were kids. You know, I feel like a kid. Like I'm a big kid, if anything. Yeah. Like I, I, I've got this, uh, this innate nature about me that I still go skateboard. You know, like I, if I want to do something, I'm going to go do it. I've jumped out of an airplane probably like 25 times. Damn. You know, like if I want to do something, I do it. Just not just because of the thrill of it. It's just because I'm curious. Yeah. And I think about these adults being parents and them having to have like all of this responsibility and thinking like, okay, I'm responsible for this child right here. And I feel like a child, you know, like, I, I don't know when that goes away, but you know, can I we fault people for only knowing what they know to some degree, because the parenting is just being passed on down generation to generation. And so we're expecting that, you know, each generation is getting better. You would hope. Right. Um, but sometimes it's not the case, you know? I think that uh, for me, because I, I mean, I agree with you. Like, I, I'm still, well, actually, I mean, 2020 has made me feel like more than a, of an adult than ever. I'm not going to say that I sometimes. <laughs> that, that is true. That, don't, is true. that I don't feel like a big kid anymore. But, but um, I don't know. Like, I don't ever want to grow up, you know? Nor but do I. I, I think when you, there was a chef that from Spain, and he, uh, one of his like famous quotes or one liners is he was just like, never stop thinking like a child, like always be curious. 
and I've kind of tried to like hang on to that, you know, I mean, this year has definitely <laughs> challenged me with that quite a bit, but like, it's, uh, it is important, you know, to always be curious, to always be a student, to always like, when you stop learning and you stop growing, right? Grow or 100%. die. Like, 100%. You know, like that aspect of where people are just content, complacent, all of the above, and they're just like sitting there, just like thinking that like, okay, what's next? It's my paycheck. That is not something that I really care for. You know, like I, I'm a risk taker. I'm a person right. who believes that, you know, in fact, I can bring some sort of change to the world, the world around me, at least. And um, I think like you, were, like you said before, you know, like everyone's worthy of like three big ideas, right? And, um, you know, putting ourselves in position to um, not only just help ourselves out, we definitely have to help ourselves to help other people. But um, I think that's what really keeps me very youthful is knowing that like, hey, man, that I the ideas and the possibilities can be endless if you think within that nature, within that aspect. And it's also helped us with a lot of our our, our clients, you know, like you said, you are the engine that makes your business go, you know, it's the same thing with me. It's like, Hey, there's a lot of possibilities in marketing. I love, I love the possibilities that we can do with marketing. Um, we've got, we've got a really cool client right now. And, um, I'm not going to say what their business name is, but it is a, um, it's a flower, uh, business, but, they're doing a monthly subscription and there's adult accessories that go within the box and stuff. So they receive the flowers and there's adult. Oh, that's a, that's a great idea. <laughs> and, and I'm that's so awesome. Pumped. Yes, it is awesome. And I'm like, he, he goes, this is crazy. I'm like, yes, but let's <clears throat> do some fun things. You know, like let's make this fun. You know, like I'm super excited to do something different. That's not normal. Right. And, and so if we can continue to push ourselves in different ways that, you know, just makes life not so monotonous, you know, that's what I love to gravitate towards, you know, doing something that is a different experience, you know? Well, that's the thing. I, Keeps I mean, you I, young. Yeah. And I, it's something I say to my wife and, you know, other people is like, I mean, I hope, <laughs> I hope honestly, like my goal is to one day, just permanently feel differently than this but like I think it's really important for people to be uncomfortable yes like, I think it's important in business I think it's important like obviously we see here now to have on you know with Black Lives Matter and everything to have these uncomfortable conversations but I think it's so important like you if you don't if you don't like push yourself out of your comfort zone you're never going to learn anything dude you, you got to pivot. And, you know, even with like BLM and everything that's going on in politics, you know, it's all translated to different aspects of our business. I mean, it's not avoidable, you know, right. at this point in time, when we are in uh, quarantine, we are in pandemic, and there's all these things that dictate our future, you know, you can't avoid any of these things. And so, you know, it, it's definitely which, I'm, which, I'm, in which period. we shouldn't. Right? No, we right. shouldn't. And I think, I think uh, it's been accepted before. It's like, well, you don't discuss politics, you don't do this and religion. It's like, 
to some degree, I do believe that. I think there's a time and place. I think there's a level of respect that we all need to have for one another. And I can have conversations with anyone without fully believing and adopting everything that they have to say because they read a statistic somewhere. But I can also just have like a regular conversation. And it's like, okay, I'll, I'll listen, you know, you know, I, I, I don't need to be angry. Uh, you know, you don't have to get me angered in right. order for a point to be heard or well, yeah, I'm not I mean, your enemy. It's not bloods versus crips, you know, like we're, <laughs> I'm chilling, you know, like all I want to do is like continue to help people and better my business and better my, um, you know, my legacy, you know? Right. Right. I want to be able to retire at a young age, but I'll always be working, you know? Do you, do you, uh, do you want the whole wife or, you know, partner kids, situation you know i think about that sometimes and you know i as much if it's within my time and my scope and if a person can make me better if she can make me a better human being and i find that innately yes um but at the the same time i, I don't know if it's like my time to decide if and when that happens right you know, um i think i'm just a, a learner a lifelong learner and I could definitely see myself raising a kid uh, one day. And so, I mean, I, I think it's probably one of the most, like you said, probably would be one of the most proud things, titles to have, right? Um, and the most egotistical thing that I could think of is, you know, having my own offspring <laughs> and thinking that he's going to <laughs> bring apart some change to this world and, you know, carry it's the, a, carry the it's name. A, it's so funny, like... I remember when I had my son, one of my buddies texted me and he was like, obviously congratulations, but he's like, you know, now you'll live forever. And like, I thought about that a lot. And I was just like, I don't know. I, I, I that's like a tricky, like, I, like, I think that having like three, four five kids, that I would like is like egotistical. I think that's a strain on the yeah. fucking earth. Thank you. But but, want, but wanting to have one kid or adopting kids. Yes. Like, I think that. Yes. I'm all about adoption. Thing. You know, I'm all about adoption. I, I definitely feel, I think it's sick that adoption is a business, but you know. Um, I agree with that a hundred percent. I feel like, you know, I want to give people a deserving opportunity. If I can make that, make someone else's life better um you know I, that's i mean i feel the same sentiments like you said if, if you could pay for someone to go get this experience that they never had or whatever it may be you know I, I, that's such a humbling thought right yeah yeah it's important yeah i think that we can if like if we can get to a, a place in the world where people because everyone takes, right? Everyone yeah. takes. Dude, but, I said but, this all the time. It's like, all we do is take. We don't give back to the planet. We don't give back right. to people. We're, we're freaking savages, man. <laughs> right. But if we could get to a point where people give more than, they, than we take, yes. like that would be, that would make the world a different, better place, you know? Like, I mean, Mother Nature is so mad at us right now. <laughs> Yeah. You know, like just like the fires here in California, 
there, I mean, there's a, like, there's a, like, I don't know if it's a tropical storm or hurricane headed towards Miami right now. Like the, the hurricanes that just hit New Orleans, like obviously Corona, you know, COVID, like the, the earth is pissed <laughs> and it's because we fucking have done some fucked up shit for a long time and people have gotten super rich off of it and they don't give a fuck. All we do is take, man. We need less assholes, more assets. Like I, you know, I, I just try to think about, you know, like what type of contributions can we make, you know? Um, and it's, I think people are solely reliant on someone else doing the job. You know, I, if I pay this person, then they can do this. It's, gosh, man, you know, it's, it's always someone else's problem, right? Until it becomes ours. Right. Right. I mean, again, I think at least for in, a, in America's um, sphere or globe, whatever, like uh, the Trump presidency revealed a lot about rape, racism and how people really feel. And honestly, like just the fact that 70 million people voted for him is like fucking mind blowing. It's, it's mind blowing, but it's not surprising, but it's also very disheartening. I don't like, I don't know, like just moving forward, like what do you, you know, I, I am very much a, a believer in, you know, like, think, like act local, locally, think globally, you know, sort of thing. Or I don't know if I, did I reverse that or whichever one, you know. Yeah, yeah no. But like, we gotta just start doing better. I'm just all about love and uplifting and uh, just being able to give back when I can and how I, however I can, you know, uh, you just got to think with in good intent, good intention. I think that um, at least think about like, if you say, hi, how are you doing to someone? That changes right. someone's life right, right there. I mean, whether if you want to acknowledge or not, you know, like if you were to tell them F you, what would happen? You just made that person's day bad and miserable. So right. if I can uplift more people than I do, you know, um, you know, detracting from About their you, happiness. Right. You know, it's yeah, we're we're making some change in this world, and and so um, let's get back to your business. Um, you know, so obviously you've had some shifts during the pandemic. What are you forecasting for this this next year? What are you guys going to do? Um, seems like the pandemic, um, COVID's. Um, might be here until we get our vaccine. It looks like some, some things are happening. Uh, I'm not sure if you're going to take the vaccine or not, but, um, you know, things are, things can be looking up. We don't know what it looks like six months from now, but what are you going to do in the next year? Well, I will say I'm, I'm a little concerned. I don't know if you saw this and I just saw it this morning, but like the, uh, the Brazil, like the, you see the Brazilian government, like, like, just like strongly discontinued their human trial. Thank you very much. Strongly discontinued their human trials. And they wouldn't even, they, and they're like, because some people had some really bad effects and like, they wouldn't even mention them. So it's like, Whoa. okay, there's that. And then my wife was reading about the American trial, the Pfizer. And I, I, I'm not going to say a number because I like don't quote it. And I don't want to say the wrong thing, but it was a pretty like big number. Um, a lot of the people said that they felt like they had the worst hangover they've ever had after taking it. 
which I don't know if you drink, but hangovers suck a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, we will not for sure be taking the first generation of vaccinations. I, I came down with COVID myself. Um, this was back in uh, end of August or no, early September. It was early September. I went back home to visit Kansas City. Um, and within like the first week that I was there, I came down with COVID. And, you know, I will say that everyone experiences it completely different. I was very fortunate that, you know, it didn't affect me to a big degree. Um, I am more on the side of a believer that, you know, like it, it is a hangover. I, I had three weeks afterwards, I did not feel like myself. I didn't feel really? spry. Um, really? I didn't have the, the cognitive thinking, you know, there was, there was, there was a lot of things that I, w that weren't registering with me quick right. enough. Right. And, uh, I definitely, See, that's fucking so scary. See, that's so scary. Yeah. You know? like, it's like my thinking, you know, like my mind is, is everything that I have, you know, like it's the, your, your brain is the controller of, you know, your limbs, you know, being able to, oh, to yeah. Yeah, yeah, nervous yeah. system and all of that. And so, you know, for me to be impacted by that, me having so much energy always, you know, I, I definitely felt like there was something, uh, a lot, it, it took a lot longer than I expected and anticipated. Did you, um, and I felt like I played it safe. I mean, I've been living in New York all this time and, you know, wearing masks and making sure that I'm doing my best that I can and uh, still got it. So um, going back to Kansas City uh, changed everything. All right, we are back. Right. Sorry, listening audience. Uh, we had some technical difficulties, but Steven Torres is back. <laughs> hey, Sorry about that, guys. Hey, <laughs> don't apologize. Things happen. <laughs> um, yeah, we were, we were basically just talking about how I came down with COVID. Yeah. Everything was all good, and uh, but I ended up, you know, having some brain funk for about three weeks and bounced back. But you know, like I think my my outlook on the world and and life actually improved because once you after you battle a sickness, and you're like, wow, man, like that's what it feels like to be sick, where you have no control over over something. Right. Right. And then you, you're like, man, you're so appreciative of like your health. You know, like health is, is something that we sleep on way too often. So, uh, so you definitely have antibodies at least for a little bit, right? A little bit, I mean, yeah. Yeah. I got, I got like a month and a half left. So is it, have they, have they came up with like the official, like how long, or is it just, it's different every person? Yeah. I think it's different with everyone. It's nothing that I can solely rely on. Still have to play it safe. So, yeah, you know, I've been, so I traveled, I mean, I used to travel half the year before COVID and the lockdown from March to, for me, June was the longest ever consecutively I had been in New Orleans. <laughs> and it was, it was really weird. Um, but the first time I, I got on a plane was in June and I went to LA and my wife was like, you're fucking crazy. <laughs> like, like you are crazy. Like you get back and you're going to quarantine and all this stuff. And like, it just, uh, you know, it's a crazy new world. And, you know, I mean, I also one of like, what, so one of my buddies in new Orleans, he had it very on early on in March and him and his wife, they both had it. And 
she tested positive or he, he, he tested positive for antibodies and she did it. Wow. Like, She's like, where have you been? <laughs> right, right. What have you been doing? You've been cheating on me. <laughs> like that's insane, you know? Yeah. Like, I don't know. It's uh, I mean, I think that from what, I, from what people are, are saying, at least, you know, I, sometimes I don't know if it's like, I'm fortunate or not fortunate in that like, my wife is obviously, you know, I mean, her like three specialties is she's a pulmonologist, an intensivist and ER doc. So like she's been in it since the beginning. And I like, you know, I hear, you know, all the stuff like about, you know, the antibodies and reinfection and all this stuff like that. Um, But like, there, so not the 1918 flu, which obviously we know like killed like 20, yeah. 30 million people. There was a flu right before that, that is now like the common flu. Like it's like, it's just been, you know, it's gone through so many cycles in like humans and populations. So it's like, we're going to live with COVID. Yeah. You know, and like so it, it affects your business. And so, I mean, so you've, you've kind of factored this kind of being around and. Yeah. Like I, I'm, we are the, so the, the mezcal, the, we're doing a liqueur. It's a very on-premise thing. You know, it's like bars, restaurants, like that was the plan. And sadly, like a lot of my friends have had to close their businesses, which is fucking awful. Um, so we're pivoting a little bit, um, you know, this trip that I'm on now, like we were doing a sales trip. So like I was still able to sell to people in Miami and New York and Chicago, San Francisco, LA. Um, but the goal now is to kind of pivot to try and do uh, a couple ready to drink options. Okay. That, that, that is a little bit more um, home, like friendly, um, you know, like just pop open a can, pop open a bottle, pour and drink, you know. Um, so that's the way we're pivoting in that. Um, obviously like with the podcast, like feel very fortunate to be able to talk to amazing people like you, like Miguel. Thank you. And then we, we actually just shot a show as well in Oaxaca that we're, um, pitching to a couple different, um, networks. Um, Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think everyone obviously, well, not obviously, but a lot of people right now have. I know I do. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, cabin fever, right? Like, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. But like, we can't, we don't feel safe traveling, but we want it. So like, it's very much, I can't give away too much about it, but it's, it's very much based on like the places I've been, the people I've met, the hotels I love, like kind of incorporating all of that travel stuff. So. I love it. You know, when we can get back to a little bit of norm, I think what I'll do is we'll try to, uh, try to get you on as a guest for the, the taco talks because mezcal goes oh, so well yeah, with yeah, tacos. Yeah. And I mean, I'm assuming that you love tacos as much as I do, but I appreciate all tacos from vegan to whatever. Like I love the differences of tacos, street tacos to Tex-Mex and all of it. It's so funny. The, um, I literally had tacos before this interview. Oh, you did? Gosh, <laughs> and, and like, man, it's Tuesday. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, totally. Um, but we went to this uh, uh, Mexican restaurant on Sunset that I, I mean, I used to go when I was like, like 15, 10, 15 years ago. 
And uh, they have this huge sign. It's like, no mask, no taco. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm talking I like, about. I was like, that's awesome. <laughs> it's like, not uh, trying to be political. It's not political. It's just science. We're just trying to, you know, keep right. the spread down. Um, right. And so how can everyone find you? Talk, hey, get whatever off your chest right now. Um, you know, address the public. Let them know um, how to follow you and, you know, the things that you guys have coming up. So. Uh, yeah. Um, so, um, right now, you know, it's going to be a very, um, abbreviated launch for the Mezcal liqueur that we de- that we've been developing for four years. So we'll be available at amazing places in Miami, in New York city, in Chicago, San Francisco, LA when working, obviously Louisiana and New Orleans, and we're working on, um, Texas, DC, and Denver. Um, again, you know, I, I mean, I don't even know if it's the right answer or the wrong answer, but hopefully there's not another shutdown. Obviously, we want everyone to be safe. We want everyone to feel comfortable. So, so just, I mean, I, so yeah, I don't know what the right answer is with that. Should there be a shutdown? Should there not be? But we will be available in those places. Um, and we're shooting or we're um, recording season two of the podcast in January. Um, we're actually got, we're going to do like a, like a residency at this hotel and just like stay there and record the episodes and like chill and do all these kind of like creative, like very art forward projects that I'm also really super excited about. And then the show, which will not be, like mezcal related um we and we also don't even it's an untitled project right now but um we're so 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 excited about that like i'm like i actually had a meeting yesterday with my mentor um who is the only mentor i've ever had in my life um but he participated in my conference last year and it was in october and I also was able, very lucky, very fortunate to have um, a gentleman by the name of Alan Hughes come. And Alan is like, he directed Menace to Society and like oh, wow. amazing, amazing director. But the thing he, most recent thing he did was he directed a, a documentary called The Defiant Ones about, yes. Dr., about Dr. Dre and yeah. um, J- Jimmy Iovine's, you know, rise to, rise to fame. And so like I put them two on a podcast, uh, not podcast, on, uh, on a panel where we just talked about like creativity and timelessness and all this stuff like that. And one of the things that my mentor Will said was like, he said to, he said to Alan, he's like, you know, I'm jealous of you. He's like, be- he's like, because you created something that will live forever. Like people will always be able to access it, access it. He's like, people who experience my hospitality and my, you know, like the come to dinner at my restaurants and stuff, they like, it's, it's just in their memory. It's not. It's all about experience, isn't it? Like, like you go to a restaurant and the food could be subpar, but like the experience that you have makes the food even better. Totally. 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 But I, what I said, like, this is going to be my, like, live for everything i love like that this, this show will be the thing that like like you were talking about legacy right like yeah that's what i'm interested in and doing 
really awesome stuff that positively affects people's lives and make and can be accessed and viewed by almost. Yo, anyone. if you ever need a guest sidekick, man, just holler at me. <laughs> Dude, yeah, no, well, well, we're. I, I mean, we're we're definitely. I mean, we're. I know that this is not going to be the last conversation we. Dude, have. I love it. I love it. And uh, last but not least, um, actually, go ahead. Give your handles first, and then I'm going to ask you one more question before we sure. wrap up. Uh, so I basically just have Instagram. Um, I and it's at. Criollo de Oaxaca. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's... For your listening I, and the viewing audience, you can read it across the screen and then I'll okay. have the link <laughs> below because, yeah, I don't even know. Yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot. You know, <laughs> it it's so funny because my email is s at Criollo de Oaxaca.com and like every, like every hotel reservation, every single person who I have to... Like I've gotten so good at like... Um, like uh, Navy or whatever, like Army call signs. Yes, yes. I'm like Criollo, Charlie, R, <laughs> Roger. And they're like, they're like, damn, that's really long. And I was like, I know. But you'll remember it, huh? And they're like, yeah, I'll never freaking use this, <laughs> this one. So, so uh, two questions. They're kind of the same, but what is your, your biggest weakness? And then we're going to get to your superhero power. So go with your weakness first. And then we'll get to the super duper next. I think my, uh, I think my biggest weakness, honestly, which again, you know, like I mentioned, you know, over the last few years of working on is like, I think my biggest weakness is, I think I've let for a long time, I've let the past dictate who I was. And, and I mean, and I mean that in a negative way. Yeah. You know, like I've let me not having a father, I've let me um, growing up in the fucking ghetto with no rules and no fucking like, you know, I've let all these things adversely affect my life and I've ruined relationships. I've ruined jobs. I've like done all these things that like have hurt me. Like it's, they've hurt, it, it's hurt me. And I can trace it back to like, oh, like it's because it's cause this, cause this and this and that, whatever, but it doesn't make it right. Yep. But since my son was born, which was definitely like the turning point in my life, I've that that is when I was like, okay, every day I'm going to try and be better. Like I'm going to try and learn from my mistakes, not make them again and make whole new mistakes. Yeah, <laughs> but, man. I love that. But, but don't hurt. Like again, how we were talking better about better mistakes, better mistakes and like, just, and don't hurt people. Right. Like, yeah. That, you know, uh, like that, like being honest about that. Like, I, I think that's like, you know, a lot of people don't realize, you know, hurting people, you know, they you just go about their lives and kind of tend to forget that they left people behind, you know? So but trauma, tra I mean, trauma is real. Yeah, man. Trauma is a real thing. And hurt people hurt people. I say that all the time <laughs> to my wife, literally. I say that to her all the time. <laughs> No, yeah, and tra I mean, trauma is a real thing, and everyone deals with it differently. But like, again, like, 
since my son was born, I want to give more than I take. And I definitely do not want to add any trauma to anyone's Man, life. I respect that. And so your superhero power, what is it now? I think that I just like, I don't know. I, I think I'm very good at relating to people, you know, cause I genuinely like sometimes, I mean, sometimes I'm very cynical and sometimes I'm like, fuck this and fuck people and fucking, especially after this year, you know, and just like the selfishness of not wearing a mask and just the way that like the South, you know, like it's no, just, and I heard that in your podcast. Like I, yeah. I, I felt, I felt the cynicism uh, from time to time. I don't really look at it as a negative thing. You know, I feel right. Right. And I feel like, a, you know, positivity is very subjective in the way that I look at it and the way I want it to be you know, is like relatable, you know, being honest, authentic. And, you know, some things just suck sometimes. You just have to. <laughs> and I, I just, I, I think that if I, I don't know, like being completely honest with myself, like, and again, like I said, like I like to be cynical and I like to pretend that I don't like ultimately, like I think people are terrible and this and that, but in the, like when I'm honest with myself, I know that I actually like really fucking care about. Yeah. <laughs> That's you so know? funny. Yeah. I can totally see that. <laughs> I, I've, uh, I read people really well. And, um, you know, so I, I tend to see the good in a lot of people and, um, that's, that's how I took it. So someone else like me listening to your podcast and, um, <laughs> Miguel said something about, like, he's like, well, I'm very optimistic in, in the sense that, you know, things are getting better. And you're like, fuck that. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, and it's like, it's like, but you're entitled to feel that way. And, you know, it's not, you're not wrong. You're not necessarily right. right. Um, but right. in a sense, like, when, when I think about how, how things have progressed, I will say that if I went back 100 years, I would not want to live uh, in society a hundred years ago, you know? So. Oh, dude, I, I don't know if I, it, it wasn't the Miguel interview, but it was, it was someone's interview and in the season. And I literally said what you said, like, Oh really? I, I could not operate in this world, even not even a hundred years ago, but fucking 50 years ago, probably, it, probably 20 years, 30 years ago. Like I could not be married yeah. to a white, white woman. I could not have my own business. I it could is. not, it is getting like, a little bit better. For sure. It's not as fast sure. as we want change to happen sometimes. But, you know, overall, I can say, yeah, even 20 years ago, I wouldn't want to be my age now doing what I'm doing at my, you know, 20 years ago. So. 100%. 100%. 100%. So yeah, man. I mean, there's a positive we left with. <laughs> Good and note. And, and yeah, and hopefully, you know, like we will, you and me and you know we'll continue to strive for change dude hey i'm all about people who are about people so you know you'll probably get a dumb gift or something from me but um <laughs> it, it'll, it means that i'm thinking about you or something you know or something that a conversation that we had so you know uh, i would I'd love i would love to continue to connect in you know any way that we can help support another entrepreneur like yourself and um, I'm all about it you know we've got a nice uh, audience of 17,000 email subscribers um, hopefully you guys are tuning in and listening to this entire interview 
Um, but we urge everyone to like and subscribe. Uh, we need as many ratings as possible so we can reach as many more people as possible. And as always, live freely, stay positive, and then until next time, peace out.